I haven't watched Sesame Street in a long time. Honestly, when I get a hankering to watch the show, which is rare, I'll just type in Grover Classic Sesame Street and watch him as that waiter from the 70s and 80s. That poor guy who always gets him as his server is pretty hilarious and Grover demonstrates the meanings of, you know, prepositions like over, under, in, beside, etc. If you really want to laugh, then go look up Grover Fly Soup. It makes us laugh every time. But there's a new show in town. It's been on for a while. It's different from what I watched as a kid. It's Elmo's World. So I decided to pop over into the live stream of that show and see what they're peddling to kids these days. And I was disappointed, but not surprised. So I'm going to share a taste of what I saw, how I interpreted it, how part of the show reminded me of scripture, and how seeing this show impacts how I view parenting. In the show Elmo's World, Elmo is famous for his happy dance, so in Elmo's World he focuses on what makes him happy, which he says is learning, so that's great, right? The basic theme of the show is to always be learning something new. Again, great. Every episode there is a familiar phrase where he comes across a topic and he says, and that makes me wonder even more. And then he asks a good question. And what do we do when we want to learn something new? And I'm thinking, hmm, ask a grown-up that you know cares about you. Ask your big brother. Go to the Bible. Ha ha ha. <laughs> no. A chorus of children say, look it up. And then guess where he goes? To his phone, smarty. Sometimes he goes and yells at adults who are at his beck and call, of course. Mr. Noodle, his brother, his dog, or whoever else shows up at the window. None of them actually talk, they just mime, but he asks them all sorts of questions. The kids actually have voiceovers where they're the ones telling the adults what to do, and the adults are totally foolish in what they're doing, like they're trying to wrap a present with painting tape and tissue paper or leaves or dirt, and the kids are like, no, no, that's not how to do it. They just dumb down the concept of learning, which totally breaks my homeschool heart. Elmo goes to this guy, Mr. Noodle, and he's supposed to be the one teaching, but Mr. Noodle's just a big dummy. He never knows what's what. And after this pseudo learning moment, Elmo just says, learning new things makes Elmo so happy. You know, I'm still trying to figure out what he learned, except that his neighbor, Mr. Noodle, is a weirdo who doesn't really understand anything. And somehow Elmo doesn't seem to have learned even how to talk about himself in the first person. Maybe that's because he's not in the real world. He's in Elmo's world where all the adults in his life are less informed than he is. And the only place he can get a definition of something is from his phone, Smarty. This last time I watched they did a segment on um, nursery rhymes, like Jack Be Nimble, Little Bo Peep, Humpty Dumpty. I mean, could it be more innocent, right? I'm thinking, well, I'm not going to find anything in this episode. Eh. 
Just imagine the one that when Elmo asked Mr. Noodle which one was his favorite, which one did he pick? You be the judge. Did he pick Jack B. Nimble, Little Bo Peep, or Humpty Dumpty? Of course! He picked Little Bo Peep, and guess how he demonstrated his favorite nursery rhyme? Oh yeah, not kidding. He dressed up like Little Bo Peep. He had the dress, the staff, the bonnet, everything. You know, that's every grown man's favorite nursery rhyme, isn't it? About a little girl who lost her sheep, doesn't know where to find him, but who's counseled to leave them alone and they'll come home wagging their tails behind them. He couldn't pick Jack B. Nimble, right? Or even that seemingly gender-neutral Humpty Dumpty. It also reminds me of another story I've heard. Shall we call it a parable? I'm just going to read Luke 15, 4 through 7 for you. Let's just see how Jesus handled that situation when he lost his sheep. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and then go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who did not need to repent. Slightly different, don't you think? I get it. One's a nursery rhyme, one is scripture. But why do we read nursery rhymes anyway? I mean, I'm not against them exactly, I find their meter and their rhyme kind of intriguing and, you know, they're like fun to read read aloud. But when shows like Sesame Street start promoting these stories with men in dresses, I just have to stop myself and consider what is the heart behind that story? Is that how sheep behave? Is that how I want my child to behave when given a responsibility? Wait a minute. This is for real. Am I really critiquing the innocent nursery rhymes? There are thousands of pieces of information that we can spoon feed our little children. I mean, millions of songs, thousands of Bible verses. And what do we pick? We pick the nonsensical rhymes like farmer's wives who should call pest control instead of chasing around three sight impaired rodents or a mouse who sprints up and down a timekeeper. Hickory dickory dock, the mouse ran up the clock. Really, what is it with mice in these chants? But seriously, there are plenty of seemingly harmless ones out there, but why? Why do we need to subject our kids to this nonsense? They could be memorizing scripture, learning something substantial that maybe that they could actually benefit from someday in the future. I just wonder if it's laziness on our part, if it's just cultural, or maybe we never thought about it. Yeah, maybe that's it. It's it's easier to not think about what Sesame Street is doling out. Have you ever just watched a whole show with your kids? You know, Disney or whatever you stick them in front of. Have you ever watched a whole show? Listen to it. They're trash. Completely trash. Twaddle, worthless, whatever word you want to pick. The messages are like subtly against what I'm training my kids for. Or completely proud of that kind of defiance. Or just devoid of any value. They pander to a kid's most base desires. They also addict our kids to screens, changing the screenshot every three seconds, so they're going to be a slave to the black box forever. I'm just done, you know? No more little shows. Just no more. 
and I'm going to answer for how I stewarded this child, these six precious souls that I've got. Honestly, I'm just done with all these shows. And I've been done with Sesame Street for a while, but I just had to stick my nose back in there and double triple check because we're all moms and we all need a break sometimes. And we're always looking for like, how can I get a break? What can I do? But moms, there are other ways. What ways do you give yourself a break? Like, what do you think is a good, appropriate way to have a little time on the side where you just refresh, relax? And another thing I've been thinking about is, are we entitled to that? Okay, so what am I saying? Am I saying I'm going to stay in my house all the time, never let grandparents watch them anymore, and stay away from other families who aren't like-minded? Of course not. I'm not going to obsess over this stuff, but I will be careful. I want to be judicious about how much time they're exposed. I just can't heap guilt on myself over what I can't control. But there are some things that we can manage. So when they face other homes and standards, I see it as a gift. They'll see the difference, and that's an opportunity for discussion. And I can explain some of the things behind my heart for um, what their home looks like and what their screen time looks like. And one day they're going to be on their own, you know, and I have to trust God with my kids. I know it's going to be hard, but for now they're under our care and I'm going to care. I'm going to care about all the exposure, all the invitations that we get, all the hours that are in our week. We get 168 hours a week. You know, what are we doing with that time? I'm not going to micromanage, but I am going to manage. And over time, they're going to learn to manage themselves. It's a beautiful thing growing up, isn't it? I mean, we've all grown up. I have got my feet per firmly planted right now in both the heavy management of like the 12 and under years and the slow and steady letting go stage of the teen years. And I'm, I'm going to mess up. I mean, I already have. And there's some things I'll only know in retrospect, but I've got today. I've got this moment and I'm going to do it on purpose. I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to look up for my phone, call out what I see, train my kids. And what do I see? Honestly, I see a slow and steady grooming of America's kids to the fake ideas that are pushed by these sodomites and all their allies. I'm done calling it LGBTQIA2+, whatever the heck that was that Starbucks put out. I mean, did you see that? They had this post where they wrote the acronym and all of a sudden there's a two in there. Was it a typo? Is there some other letter? Now it's a number that we have to remember. I'm done. It's sodomy. It's homosexuality. There's no such thing as transphobia. It's not even a real word. They made up the words. They can make up definitions. And, you know, they want to call us transphobic. Fine. Let them call us that. Let them call us that. It's not a threat because it's a meaningless word. It doesn't matter what they call us. We're going to stand on what scripture says about men and women. And when we see men in dresses and cross-dressing and drag queens and all the stuff that's just deviating from scripture, we're just going to call that what it is. It's sin. Men are told not to dress like women. These offenses are egregious. And I weep, honestly, over what these kids are, whose parents, you know, what they're going to become, whose parents aren't aware of all this indoctrination going on. What are they going to reap 10, 20 years from now? What is our nation going to reap? What's our nation's inheritance right now? Certainly these parents who think that none of this matters, you know, they lead their children around kind of like little Bo Peep, speaking of her. They allow their kids to dictate where they're going to go, occasionally keeping track of them, sort of. And eventually their negligence leads to lostness. And when they realize they've lost their children, what do they do? Find them? No, 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 no. They don't even go look for them. 
They settle for what the world says. Oh, these kids will find their own way inside themselves. They'll find it all themselves from inside. I mean, gender psychologists say they'll come home if they want to, when they want to, in their own time. Hey, sure, they may be the opposite sex, so they think when they come home, but just accept it. They're wagging their tails behind them. They're happy. That's all that matters. Happiness. It's the new drug right now. It's the only thing that we care about. It's the goal. As long as they're happy. Meanwhile, the hungry bears are out, lurking around, ready to devour all these little ones when they're not under your care. All this devotional application stuff to say, I want to steward my children well. And I encourage you to just look at what your kids are listening to, watching, consuming, and ask yourself, is there an anti-biblical message embedded in this programming? And you'll have to sit and watch it. You have to distill what's being taught. I mean, a lot of this stuff sounds good on the surface. It seems innocent on the surface. We need to be careful. You know, it might take some work to tune your ear. But once you start seeing it and hearing it, you're going to see it everywhere. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I'm pounding this drum, beating this drum. But somebody has to. This month especially, it's going to be ultra specially glitzy and super duper gay you know but christ his gospel-centered model of the sheep he leaves the herd and he lovingly searches out for the one lost sheep why he knows that sheep wasn't meant to find their own way that sheep is away from the presence of the shepherd and that means it's in trouble he knows that you know that sheep needs to repent be brought back to the group Moms, hear me. We aren't the shepherd, but we are the stewards of these children, and we should not have any other heart than to lead them to the shepherd, not let them find their own way. So what do you want your kids to do when they want to learn something new? Whip out Smarty their phone? You want them to go next door to Mr. Noodle, the big dummy who knows nothing? Who do you want them to go to when they want to learn something new? Or what do you want them to go to? I really think it's our decision as parents, as moms. We have a big part to play. So let's play it. Let's swim upstream. Let's go against this culture of chaos together. Keep it up, ladies.